2 Chronicles chapter 20 and, and verse 20. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible. It says, And they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went on, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe and remain steadfast to his, pro to his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now, I like everything about that. I love every single thing about that. And I think when I hear about it, it's like, Lord, you know what? You're, you're right. If I believe you, you're going to establish me. And so to be established means to be, to be fixed, to be firm, to be put in a place of, uh, of high ground to be established, which means that um, you can't be knocked off your axis. I said axis. So you, can't be, you can't be pushed aside. You're pretty much in an immovable position. And God wants to place you in that immovable position if you believe his word. I said, okay, well, all right, Lord, I, I like where you're going. Uh, the Message Bible says, listen to what I have to say. Believe firmly in God, your God, and your lives will be firm, and you'll come out on top. I said, Lord, I, I, I like that. And if you continue to read through verse 21, it says, give thanks to God for his love never quits. Now, I asked him, point blank, like, why, why are we still talking about this love deal? Why are we still on it? Like, why is it that important? He's like, well, you just read it. He said, my love never quits. So if my love never quits, neither should you. I said, so no matter what you do, it all boils down to my love for you, your love for me, and then your love for other people. I'm like, oh, Okay, he's like, so maybe, is that why we keep talking about love? He's like, yes, because it is the driving force. It says God is love. So if you were to ever stop talking about love, essentially you're stopped talking about God. And I wouldn't recommend that for anyone. So let me set the scene for you here in Second uh, Chronicles, this wonderful book of the Bible, Second Chronicles. King Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. Good dude for the most part. You know, he's living in the land that, you know, God promised him all that. And uh, he gets an intelligence briefing. In fact, if you read it in the Message Bible, it says he receives an intelligence briefing. Wow. So I thought it was apropos on our military service weekend. And uh, he gets this intelligence briefing and is like, listen, you got some trouble on the horizon. In fact, the Moabites... The Ammonites and a couple of their friends are mounting a war party against you. We can see them way on the other side of the Dead Sea, and they're coming to get you. Jehoshaphat gets a little annoyed, gets a little upset. He said, God, you know, you promised us this land. You put us here, and now you're going to allow these enemies to come and devour me. What's the deal? You know, and it's, it's funny when he gets in front of the people. He calls all the people. He hears this news, and he puts a blast out there, and everyone returns home. Guess what's happening? Because eventually they're going to gear up for war. And he tells the people, he's like, listen, see the guys, you know, to our left, to our right, and our rear behind us, they're mounting up against us. So now we went out of our way to not mess with these folks, but they're coming after me anyway. Now, this sounds like us. Like, 
you know, in your daily life. Like, you know what, I, I'm doing everything I can to avoid trouble. But yet trouble wants to find me. Trouble presents itself to me, so now, now we got to go to war. So this is where King Jehoshaphat is right now. He's like, man, what are we going to do? So, interesting thing that happens here. Let's go to verse 13 in 2 Chronicles 20. And Judah stood before the Lord with their children and their wives. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, my man, the son of Benani, the son of Jael, the son of Betina, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. He said, Hearken all Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. So at this point, Jehoshaphat had to get, a, he had to get checked. And God's prophet said, hey, simmer down, young man. The Lord says this to you, be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. How many times have we gotten to this situation where the world comes crashing down and you are standing there and it's you. I'm not even going to say it's you and your wits because at this point you don't really have any. Your wits are gone. It is you staring down the barrel of this trouble. And it's like, what am I going to do? Jehoshaphat was in that same situation. He was in a pretty good place. He was pretty prosperous. The kingdom was nice and thriving. And, you know, folks were coming and going. Commerce was there. And he's got enemies on the horizon saying, we're going to come and we're going to crush you because we don't like what you're doing. For any other reason that we just don't like, we don't like you. So we're going to come and get you. That's happened to us, has it not? Well, it's happened to me. And at this point, and he is shaken. And the prophet rises up and says, be not afraid. For the battle's not yours, but it's God's. I said, okay, Lord, well, well why are you going to do that? And verse 21 tells you why. I said, because I love you. So, said, but let's not get ahead of the story, shall we? So Jehoshaphat summons every single person in town, the entire kingdom. He gathers everyone in one place. Verse 16 says, tomorrow go down to them, for they will come up to the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the Rephim before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. But take your position and stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Now, in our story, in our own personal story, sometimes we never get to this point where we hear and we listen. He said, hey, listen, don't, don't worry about it. Be not dismayed. He's like, stand firm in your position, and watch God deliver you. Stand firm in your position and watch God deliver you. Stand firm in your position, believing in God the Father, and watch him deliver you. He said, don't worry about it. He's like, tomorrow, go ahead. Do, just go about your day. Go out because the Lord is with you. I said, Lord, you know what? I, I love this. I love this, I love this, I love this. Verse 18 says, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping him. Not him, Jehoshaphat, but worshiping God. And some Levites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. So they heard the word of God, knowing that trouble is lurking 
over the horizon of the Dead Sea. And what did they decide to do? They listened to the prophet. And he said, have no fear, for God is with you. This isn't your fight. Have no fear, for I am with you. And they gathered all of the people from north, south, east, and west. I've heard that before. And they all came together, and they worshiped together. For they knew that God was with them. So the Lord, I, I, all right, well, what are you telling me here? What are you telling me? And in verse 20 says, and they rose early in the morning. We've read this. It said, believe in the Lord your God and you'll be established. Believe, remain steadfast to his prophets and you shall prosper. And verse 21 says, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise him in their holy priestly garments as they went out before the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. The Message Bible says, after talking it over with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir for God, dressed in holy robes, and they were to march ahead of the troops singing, Give thanks to God. His love never quits. So think about this for a minute. He said, I understand that you have trouble coming your way. I need you to understand that I love you. He said, but God, I have trouble coming my way. He said, yeah, but I love you. He said, God, the enemies are at the gate. He's like, yes, I know, but I love you. He said, that's great that you love me, but there's enemies at the gate. He's like, you're not hearing me. I love you. Lord, listen, that's great that you love me, but... I'm here face down on the ground, and I need your help. And you're telling me that you love me. He's like, yeah, I love you. Right. So, but I, I need an answer. I need a solution. My solution is that I love you. Yes. Lord, there's trouble on left, right, behind, and front. He said, that's okay, because I love you. That's right. said, because I love you, get up off the ground. Mm. Stand firm in this position and watch me deliver you because I love you. He said, so what I need you to do, he said, and I understand that you've called all of your team and you have all of your troops amassed and they are ready to march into battle. He said, but I don't need that. He said, you know what I need you to do? Give me a couple folks that can carry a tune. Give me some people that are willing to praise God. And all I need them to say is glory to God. Give thanks to God for his love never quits. So the battlefield is like this. And they are marching, slowly but surely. King Jehoshaphat, his troops, his choir all decked out in their finest Sunday duds. And the enemy is on the other side waiting to charge. And all you hear softly is, give glory to God, for his love never quits. Give glory to God, for his love never quits. Give glory to God. For his love never quits. And as they march and they march and they march, and the momentum is building and building and building, and this ground swell of praise overtakes this army. So the Moabites, the Ammonites, literally destroy each other at the sound of the people praising God. He said, so when I tell you, don't worry about it, because I love you, I really do love you. Yes. 
and I will destroy every single enemy that puts himself in front of you because they're going to come, and you just need to stand firm here. In this position that I've placed you, believing firmly that God is who he said he is and that he will deliver you the way he said he would, all because he loves you. So when trials come, you think of those folks in that choir with the army behind them. See, because typically you send your infantry in first. You send the guys, and they got the guns. And they're coming in, and they're ready to lay the wood to somebody. But in this instance, he's like, no, we don't need all of that. I just need you to praise me. He's like, I need you to understand my love for you. See, Jehoshaphat didn't understand God's love for him. That's the reason why he kept asking. Like, no, what are you talking about? He said, no, I need you to understand my love for you. He said, because if you understand that I love you, you'll know that I'll take care of you. So when you leave this place today, do you have a clear understanding of God's love for you? Do you have a clear understanding of everything that God wants to do for you? Yes, we know that God sent his son down here to die for our sins. Yes, we understand that. You know what? For, you know, we, we, we know this. But at some point, we have to explore beyond that salvation experience. Because Josephat had an entire army annihilate itself because of God's love. How do I tap into that power? said, man, he's like, so you're just squandering an opportunity. He said, because you don't realize that my love never quits. In fact, it never, ever, ever runs out. In the face of adversity, we sing praises to God. In the face of trouble and uncertainty, we sing praises to God. Because we know he loves us and he will protect us and he will provide, deliver, heal, set free, obliterate, destroy everything in our way. Because why? He loves us. So understand that we have to be like this choir and get this, that give praise and thanks to God for his love never quits. Because you love me, you are going to do this for me. Because you love me. Said, so the reason why we keep talking about this love portion here is because that's all that there is. Every other thing that this Bible contains or every other promise that's for you is built upon the principle of his love for you. Do you understand? So even if you can't remember every single verse within the leather-bound cover of that Bible, you will know that God loves me. Because you love me, you'll do this for me. Because you love me, you will make sure that I am set on high. Because you love me, you will make sure that I am firm and fixed. Because you love me, you will establish me in a place of prominence just because you love me. And guess what? You can't exhaust his resource of love. Ever. Now, I don't know if you understand that. You can never run out of God's love. Ever. It never fades. It never stops. It is 100% effective all of the time. There is an ever-endless supply. Never. Once you buy it, you got it. You can't return it. It's yours to keep. Think about that for a minute. 
but we don't want to talk about love because it's, you know, we want to get on the bigger and better things. Real fast, let's go to Isaiah 46. So Isaiah 46 and 4, and this is um, in the Amplified, it says, Even to your old age, I am he, and even to hair white with age, I will carry you, I have made, and I will bear, yes, I will carry and save you. So now why is that important? Because you have to understand that God will never stop working on your behalf. Said so even when you get old and you get gray, I'm still going to do these things for you. So he's trying to establish a pattern of his grace, his love, his mercy, his glory for you. And the first thing you have to understand is that God will never stop helping you. He will never, ever, ever stop helping you. He will always answer your prayer. He will always hear you. He will always look for a way to deliver you. He will always want the best for you. Even when you don't want the best for yourself, wow. he will do all of these things for you. Because his love does what? Never. It never quits. It never quits. He's like, I'm going to do all of these things for you because I love you. I'm like, Lord. His love knows no limits. The love of God is the deepest possible expression of God's character. So when we talk about wanting to know God more, we, we, we talk about it all the time, Lord, I just, I just want to know the more of you. That sounds great. That sounds, that sounds great. It sounds, it sounds very, very pious. You know? said, but if you want to know the more of me, know the more of my love for you. You want to know more about me? Know more about my love for you. You want to know every single intimate detail of who I am as God? Then start exploring my love for you. You want to get to know me? Know my love. Because to know me is to know love. To know love is to know me. So they're interchangeable, like a giant infinity loop. They just keep affecting each other. So at some point in time, we have to understand or we have to start to dive into what God really wants to do for us, but mainly how God wants to love us and how we should receive his love. Let's go to Isaiah 54 real fast. Isaiah 54, and we're going to read verse 8 and verse 10. Verse 8 says in the Amplified, In a little burst of my wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with age-enduring love and kindness I will have compassion and mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Verse 10 says, For though the mountains should depart and the hills be shaken or removed, yet my love and kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace and completeness be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. My love for you is age-enduring. My love for you will outlast heaven and earth. So the mountains will fall into dust clouds. They will just cease to exist. And even at that moment, I still will be loving you. 
So when we get this clear understanding of how God wants to love you and how he is made to love you and how we should receive his love for us, your life will come into clearer focus because everything has to be seen through the lens of, well, God loves me. So no matter what the enemy may say, God loves me. Like, but God loves me. So it doesn't matter. You want to talk about a silver bullet to every problem that you ever have or that you may ever face in your life? It's God's love. Hmm. Just think about that for a little bit. But we don't embrace it. But we have a superficial experience with God's love. So what we have to do is explore it a little bit. Well, what are you going to do for me? Like, what will your love do for me? It will do everything for you. And the reason why we have to get to this place, because, you know, when we talk about it in terms of being a place for everyone, if you understand what God's love really means, then everything else falls away. So all the other things that will preclude you from talking to your neighbor or helping someone out or showing God's love falls away because you truly understand what to have the love of God actually means. So so that's why we have to do this. That's why we're never, ever, 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 ever going to stop talking about God's love. Never, ever. Because it is woven into every single thing that you do. But yet and still we try to extract it because we want the hoop and the holler But no, he's like, I just want you to love. He's like, I understand that you want me to do things for you. Understand that I love you. I understand that you have problems that you have to face and be like Jehoshaphat. Lord, help me. All the people came together, and they fell on the ground. Please help me. And he's like, get up. I see you. I love you. So I got you. I love you. I got you. Praise be unto God. Give glory to God. Give thanks to God because his love never quits. So at some point, you're going to have to drill this into your head. When circumstances show up, when the enemy shows up, when trouble comes your way, you have to understand, you know what? I'm still going to give glory to God because his love never quits. I'm going to continue to praise through this situation because his love never quits. And I'm expecting my praise to affect the enemies that have presented themselves to me because God has placed me in a firm position of prosperity, of balance, of grace, of mercy, of glory. He's put me on high. So I'm not going to let you push me off of this place that God has placed me because he loves me. He loved me so much that he put me here so that I could see him deliver me out of whatever you think you're going to throw my way. So it should embolden you so that when you wake up in the morning, you, hey, guess what? God loves me. Today I'm going to have the best day ever because God loves me. Tomorrow is even going to be a better day because he's still going to love me then. And a week from now, he's still going to love me. And every day becomes better and better and better because it's another day for God to show his love for me, but it's another day for me to explore all that he wants to do for me in my life. Let's go real fast to Psalms 103, verse 17. Psalms 103 and 17, it says, But the mercy and loving kindness of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting 
upon those who reverently and worshipfully fear him, and his righteousness is to his children's children. His love is from everlasting to everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting. Do you, I mean, is there anything beyond everlasting? No. I mean, by definition, it lasts forever. He even gave you two in that just to make sure that you understood the point. Everlasting to everlasting. He said, so it's forever, forever. He's like, my love is forever, forever. Basically, that's what he's saying. Yeah, for real, for real. It's forever, forever. He said, my love for you is forever, forever. Forever, forever. Forever, ever? Forever, ever? Yes, forever. My love for you is not going to stop. So it behooves us as believers to understand all the benefits of what God's love will bring for us. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3 real fast, and we're going to end with this. See, media, I'm trying, to, I'm trying my best to stay in my time. So Ephesians chapter 3. And let's see, we're going to go verse 14. We'll go 14 all the way down to 21. I'm reading this in the Message Bible. It says, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father. This magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth, I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath Test its length, plumb the depths, and rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. So glory to God in the church. Glory to God and the Messiah in Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Glory through all millennia. Oh, yes, give glory to God. Said so what we're going to do within the next week or so is to try to rise to the heights of God's love. I like that statement. You know, we always talk about let's rise to the occasion. God wants you to explore all of his love and rise to the heights of what God's love will do for you. Rise, it's like riding a wave. Like you don't ride the wave after it breaks. You, you, you ride the wave when you're on top. It's like you need to get to its peak. So that's where we need to go today. So Lord, I want you to show me all of you. And to do that, that means I need to understand all of your love. I need to understand exactly what it means to be loved by you, more so than just you save me from eternal damnation. That's fantastic. I mean, that is in a benefit in itself. is is fabulous, I would think, not burning in hell for eternity. You would agree, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> if you had said no, we all were going to drag you up here. I'm just saying. But it's more than just that. It's more than just that. He said, because, you know, I love you, it, let, me, let me put it this way. It doesn't make any sense for God to say, hey, I love you, and I want to save your soul from eternal damnation, but then let you live like H-E-L-L -L here on earth. It doesn't make any sense. 
It doesn't make any sense for you to say, hey, in the sweet by and by, I'll take care of you, but let you get destroyed by your enemies in life here. It doesn't make any sense, right? So, so there's got to be more to this love than just the hereafter. Show me what it can do right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.